hear me? You sure? <laughs> that didn't sound very convincing to me. <laughs> well, it's different this morning, but that's okay. We'll get through it together. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Lee asked me to talk about the Lord's Supper, communion. Or if you're from another church tradition, the Eucharist, the mystery. And what I wanted to do before we had the reading of the scripture from John chapter 6, I wanted to talk with you about the beginnings of that, the foundation this is built on, how you understand it. Before we do that, why don't we ask God to be our teacher? Let's pray. Father, your mercy towards us is unbelievable, impossible. It's wonderful. It's good. And we come here today to hear your word, to give praise to you, to come and give testimony that we believe in you and what you did for us. In paying a debt you didn't know. For us who owed a debt we will never be able to repay. Help us to understand. Help us to then glorify you in understanding and proclaiming your body and your blood for us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, this is an impossible meal. There's no way that this can work. Just the way we do things, the way we know how things should be done, this just can't be. This morning I want to tell you the story of you and me, reflected in the communion, the Lord's Supper. It stands as one of the most mysterious rituals of believing that there is in the Christian faith. It's about believing and trusting in what he does for us, not what we do to impress him or feel like we've accomplished something. And that's going to be a little hard to explain, except that God gave us a great big example of this in the book of Exodus. Because everything that we do, that's our story. It's not just the Jew's story, it's our story. And I want to tell you a little bit about how that works. This asks you, what do you believe? Do you trust me to provide for you what's necessary in righteousness, in my holiness, to receive you into my kingdom. Our passage this morning here from John chapter 6 happens just before the Passover. Everybody's traveling, everybody's getting ready, everybody's fulfilling the instructions for how you do the Passover. And Jesus is teaching on the side of a mountain. And he's about to do something impossible 
He's going to feed 5,000 people with far, five little barley loaves, just a little larger than this, and two little perch fishes from the Sea of Galilee. That ain't going to feed a little kid. Trust me, I've got a granddaughter staying with us, and she can eat a lot. But can you imagine what it would have been like for the disciples to sit there and see this little boy's lunch turned into enough to feed 5,000 people? And then Jesus is going to send the disciples out because it's late in the day. Evening is coming. Tells them to get on the ship and go over to Capernaum. He's going to meet them there. And they're thinking, how's he going to get there before we get there? And it's nighttime. Now, if you know anything about Palestine, what happens in the evening on the Sea of Galilee is great big storms and you don't know when they're going to come. It's like New South Wales on a bad day. It's going to come down like cats and dogs. And it did. If this was Forrest Gump, it would have said about that time God showed up. And that's, it was bad. And as, as they were out in the middle, they had been rowing for two hours and they weren't getting anywhere. But as the Lord said us to go, to go to Capernaum, but the, the weather is not cooperating. And they turned around and saw someone walking on the water. Now that must have been scary. But as soon as he got shot, he said, it's okay, guys, chill, it's me. And they received him in the boat, and the head-scratching begins. But you see, this had happened before. The very first Passover. They were instructed to take the lamb's blood and paint it over the entrance to where they live. Hint, hint. the blood. And they celebrated it, and because the Egyptians, who had been holding the Hebrews as slaves for 400 years, would not listen to the ten plagues, well, nine plagues up to this point, he showed them he has the power of life and death. About that time, God showed up. And the firstborn were killed. Now the Egyptians are both relieved. They're getting rid of these troublemakers, but they're also angry because Pharaoh just lost the son of Ra, the heir to the throne. They had made this provision for themselves, the Jews. They'd made these cakes made without leavening. So they were going to last for a long time. And they made up about two weeks worth because it's the bread of haste. And they loaded up everything. They were going to go straight up the coast. Just They were expecting to go straight to Palestine. The road's clear. You just travel it up along the sea. You can't miss it. No off-ramps. You're just going to go straight up. God had another plan. He told them, no, the Egyptians are behind you. So what are you going to do about that? So Moses takes them south along the Red Sea. Problem is, they only packed enough food for two weeks. The f Listen to this, hint, hint, hint. They had only made enough for themselves for two weeks. 
And now God was taking them down right into the Red Sea and the Egyptians were behind them with the strongest army in the world and they were mad. Put yourself in their place. Are you feeling it? Now, they had painted the doors to the place where they live with the blood of the sacrificed lamb. They were traveling with the bread of their own hands, and now they were up against the Red Sea. What's going to happen? Well, something impossible. God opens the Red Sea, and they travel across it just like it was dry ground, just like a walk around the corner to the shops. Jesus walked on the water. Now, something else is going to happen. Another two weeks pass. They probably rationed themselves really well with this unleavened bread. And they come to this place just shy of Sinai. They're out a hundred miles away from nowhere. And perhaps between 80,000 and 2 million people were beginning to starve. Sounds kind of impossible, doesn't it? What did God do? He rained bread down out of heaven. He rained bread down out of heaven. Now, they didn't know what was going on. They just went out and picked it up off the ground. It was there, free. All they had to do was go and pick it up as instructed. And they called it manna. It means, what's this? It literally means, what's this? They didn't know what it was. They didn't prepare it by their own hands. God did it for them. Lord Jesus lived the life we could never live and died the death we deserve. And his body and blood are nourishment to us when our lives are about starving to death because the works of our own hands can't get us there. That's the background. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the Passover. And Jesus chose these two incidents, the feeding of the 5,000, just like the giving of the manna, and the walking on the water, just like the going through on dry ground through the Red Sea, when the strongest army in the world is chasing you, and you got nothing, <laughs> you know? They probably asked Moses, what are you going to do, Moses? And Moses would have said, I don't know, I got nothing. I got nothing but this staff here. God said, raise it. Now, was it Moses raising the staff that made the water go? No, it was God. That first Passover, that trip to Canaan is your trip to Jesus. Now I want Allie to come and read John chapter 6 and see if this is starting to make some sense to you. 
I'm just going to go over here and listen to you. So we'll now read on page eight in your worship folders. You can read along with me. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. 
Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. This is the word of the Lord. This is a really hard saying, do you think? (laughs) Now, the Romans were confused when they infiltrated the Christians uh, worshiping in those catacombs, and they thought they were really drinking the blood, and they called them cannibals, these awful things. You can go and read the, the accounts that were given back to the intelligence people in the, in the Roman uh, household. And this meal doesn't make any sense unless you're out in the middle of the desert and you realize there is no food. You have no resource. Jesus went to the cross. We didn't. He went to the cross in our place. Without spiritual nourishment, we will die spiritually forever. That's a whole nother sermon. But what he gives to us is of himself. All of it. For our life. And what we believe in nourishes us to eternal life, just as if he was giving us his own flesh. The pelican is a, um, a Christian symbol from the very early on. Did you know that if a mother pelican can't find food for its little chicks, it will actually stab its own chest and feed that, those babies with their, her own flesh? Did you know that? How many people knew that? Got any conservation? Yeah, you knew that because you watch it. <laughs> it's what they do. And it was a symbol of Christ. Because Christ gives us everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you believe that, he says, celebrate that in your heart with the body and the blood that I supplied for you. Your lifeblood comes from me because you eat it. You testify, I believe that. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us, the Passover lamb. Do you want that blood to cover the entrance to your 
living space. You want that bread from heaven to come down and to nourish you to eternal life. That's what he offers to you. He said in John chapter 6, provoked a lot of thinking. And after he had given those 5,000 people five barley loaves and two fishes, and they all ate and collected like 12 baskets of stuff afterward. After he had walked on the water, walked right on the water, they say, what sign will you give us? Really? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> they thought, well, look, if you're really going to give us a sign, you're going to do what God did in the wilderness and drop bread down from heaven. I am that bread which came down from heaven, which if anyone eats shall have eternal life. My body is true food. My blood is true drink. Are you getting it? And this is your confessing this. You are the sermon. I'm just telling you about it. You are the sermon. You come in belief. And he will feed you to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, these elements are just grape juice and bread. But you are the bread of eternal life. Your blood covers us and nourishes us to eternal life. Father, we pray this morning that you will increase our faith because of the word and because of this, your body and blood given for us for remission of sins. The way that this works is that you'll come forward and um, you'll receive 